Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. And welcome to the Cyber24 Podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders like yourselves better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. I'm Marty Carpenter of 24-9. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. And this week, we're talking DNS security, which has remained stagnant essentially for 30 years, according to experts. But in this episode, we sit down with John Todd, the general manager of a group called Quad9 a company specializing in DNS security, to talk about the future of DNS security and that protocol. All right, welcome into the Cyber24 podcast. Our guest today is John Todd from Quad9. John, thanks so much for taking some time to share your knowledge with our audience. Thanks for having me here. All right, let's start at the beginning. What is Quad9? And uh, maybe for our audience uh, that may be on the newer side, what is DNS security? And what's the relationship between Quad9 and DNS security? Sure. So actually, let me ask the DNS, answer the DNS security one first, and then I'll talk about how that relates to Quad9. So, um, uh, well, let me ask the DNS question. Everybody uses DNS, obviously. Every time you go to a website, you have to translate the name that you give into an IP address that's useful for your computer to actually get to the site. So your computer, of course, talks to a recursive uh, resolver, and most people have one of those as their ISP operates that for them. Or if you're in an enterprise, you've got one at the edge of the enterprise or your, your school or whatever it happens to be. They, they'll operate that for you. Um, so uh, that's been around for a very long time. That whole the whole concept of DNS has been in you know thirty plus years now. Um, well, actually more than that, but the recursive resolver concept has been around for thirty plus years. Um, and um, so what the change is, and what DNS security is, instead of just doing that lookup, what if you had a list of all of the malicious domains that you knew about in that DNS resolver? And if you didn't resolve them, then your computer wouldn't actually be able to get to the site that's trying to do you some harm. So that in a nutshell is what DNS security is. It's it's a way of inter- intercepting queries that your computer's trying to make. It, your computer's trying to reach some remote site. There's an intermediate organization, like it's your security advisor, or in this case, it's us, where we have a list of these malicious sites, and we prevent you from getting to the site by not answering your question. It's a pretty simple uh, block kind of thing. So quad nine... Um, we are not the only uh, DNS security provider, but we are the only major free uh, DNS security provider in that we operate a recursive resolver, uh, essentially replacing what your ISP or your school or your enterprise might use. Um, we allow you to use ours at no cost because we're a nonprofit simply by changing your IP address and your configurations to use 9.9.9.9. And we've got a couple of other addresses in there that we'd recommend as well. But simply by changing your computer to use Quad9, you're now getting the same recursive resolution service and you're getting that DNS filter block. Um, we started around five years ago. Uh, again, we're a not-for-profit. 
uh, today based in Zurich, Switzerland. Um, so we do two things. We provide this recursive DNS service with the block capabilities, but we also have an extraordinarily high privacy guarantee. Um, we don't ever store anything about you, the end user. We're not monetizing your personal data. In fact, we are prevented by some very strict, um, really strict laws in Switzerland that prevent us from actually doing anything with that. It's not just the GDPR. It's actually, it's a little bit uh, worse than the GDPR, meaning it's meaning it, 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 there are more penalties for us if we do something bad with your data. So that combination of both the DNS security plus the privacy is what we're giving out. We do that worldwide. We have like a hundred and eighty some odd locations now around the world where we have equipment. So you're you've got probably a computer running Quad Nine software within a few dozen miles, if not a hundred miles or kilometers of your your residence today. Um, and uh, and that, that's the general gist of what Quad Nine is and and what we do. I was picturing, uh, as you mentioned, uh, and walked us through what DNS security is. Uh, it's, it's in essence like a, uh, Kevlar shoe. Uh, you might try to shoot yourself in the foot, but there's something there to protect you from actually getting hurt. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great analogy. I like that. Yes. That, that is, that is more or less how it works. We're, we're, yeah. we're letting, we're not, we're not letting you go to the bad sites, right? So it, that's, that's the, how it comes out. Computer people need someone like me to name stuff like DNS security. <laughs> it might mean something to you, but the Kevlar shoe, Kevlar now, shoe. That, that puts an image in your head right away. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. I, that's right. I think that's we're, I'm going to give that to the marketing people. <laughs> the D, the state of DNS security has been pretty static for the past three decades. It has. Uh, w what has changed, if anything, recently that's that making this more of a talked about protocol? Right. So uh, DNS itself has been relatively static up until about uh, three or four years ago. Um, there hasn't really been much change there. As I said, we're not the only DNS security provider that that concept has been around for a little while, but now it's becoming more obvious as DNS becomes sort of the last thing that an administrator can use externally to the to the system itself, meaning you don't actually have access to the computer, but you could put something in the DNS to protect your users. Um, in uh, non-homogenous environments where you know people br bring their own devices and things like that, where the administrator doesn't have local control, the DNS is becoming really sort of one of the only places you can apply a security model that isn't draconian, meaning you know filtering based on IP addresses is really difficult, but filtering on DNS is still something you can do. So uh, I guess there's so there's that, 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 that DNS is becoming sort of the last way that a local administrator can effectively um, manage security on the network, especially if they don't control all the devices locally. Um, the second thing is that in the last four or five years, um, encryption of the DNS is starting to happen. It's the, again, it's the last protocol, the last significant protocol that is unencrypted. Um, and uh, we were the first large-scale recursive resolver to offer a standards-compliant uh, uh, encryption model back in 2017, and that's DNS over TLS. Uh, since then, there's also been DNS over HTTPS. Those two are, from the end user's perspective, more or less identical in what they do, but they encrypt the data from your computer to the DNS resolver. So no one sitting on the wire can see what websites you're going to. Of course, there's HTTPS, and we're all familiar with HTTPS blocking people from snooping what websites you're going to. But if they know what the DNS request is, they don't really need to see the HTTP request because they can just say, oh, well, you're going to, you know, gambling.com. So I know you're going to a gambling site. So the DNS becoming encrypted is uh, is the big change that's really driving a lot of things in the last few years. And there's a lot of um, movement in the DNS protocol space 
about uh, around encryption and uh, and then what are the follow-on effects of encryption downstream into the enterprise and into end devices and things like that. So it's an exciting place to be. Um, there's you know technology changing. You know those the at the edge of the uh, the edge of the wave of things changing is always an, an interesting place, and that's where DNS is. And I suspect it's still there are a lot more changes to come in the next two or three years at least. Yeah. Speaking of those changes, is there anything that vendors are doing or anyone else uh, that would be notable that they're doing to improve DNS security? Yeah. Um, so encryption is is sort of again that's that's the big that's the big activity right now in the DNS space is how do we shift towards encrypted DNS? Still, most people ninety nine percent of people well, I shouldn't say ninety nine percent more than more than. 95% of people are not using encryption in their DNS. So, and that's because there's now, there's really no, only recently has there become support for encryption in things like Windows and Mac OS and iOS and Android. Um, so the vendors have now sort of shifted to the, the fact that everyone's going to be supporting encryption in their stack. So Windows is uh, supporting encryption now in their, in their, um, uh, their releases or their their pre-releases and iOS and other things have supported it for a little while. So, all right, so chicken and egg again. The client has to support encryption. Then the server has to support encryption. So right now, really, the big servers to support encryption are these public DNS resolvers like Quad9. We, mm -hmm. we support all, pretty much all of the major encryption types, DOT, DOH, and also another one called DNS Crypt, which is less used. Um, so the big recursive resolvers, and that includes um, Quad9, but others like Cloudflare and Google, we're supporting encryption now. and But... It hasn't moved down to the vendors yet. It's it's getting there, but that's what's happening now is that people who are writing DNS software um, on at the enterprise level or at the at, you know in the in the education and other markets, they're now starting to say, all right, my server has to support encryption so that this last mile is encrypted between my client and my server, my DNS recursive resolver, and that's great. We're all in favor of encryption, whether it comes to us or whether it goes to you know, your own local resolver, if you don't use Quad9, I, you know, encryption, as far as we're concerned, is a fantastic idea across the board. So that's that's kind of what the vendors have been working on is both the encryption on the client side, which is sort of in the bag, like that's done. But now we need to get that all shifted over also onto the server side so that your everybody's existing inf infrastructure, not just the big public resolvers like Quad9, but everybody's infrastructure supports encryption. Yeah, but you feel it, it sounds then that you feel confident that the sort of invisible hand has put things into motion. We've hit the tipping point and it's it, just a matter of it, time yeah. before it happens, not if yeah. it will happen. Yeah. And in fact, there, there have now been uh, in the last couple of, uh, even the last couple of weeks, the, the U.S. federal government has put out standards saying, you know, you need to support DNS encryption across all your devices. This is, you know, you must do this. <laughs> um, yeah. So that drives a lot of decisions from a federal procurement perspective. European uh, agencies have done exactly the same thing where they've said, we strongly advise everybody to start using DNS encryption. So that's going to push things into the ISPs and into the enterprise space where they're going to have to start using encryption from their on their server side, which is not not super trivial, but um, it, it can be done now. There's more software that supports it. 
Yeah, there's the invisible hand of the market, plus there's the nudge of government regulation that <laughs> yeah. tends to make things move. And then there's the, the inertia, other. the inertia of the the guys and the and the women who are programming and supporting all the stuff on the back end, like mm-hmm. they don't want to necessarily do it. So there's a there's you know adding complexity to something like DNS has a risk to it. Um, and so and DNS is so critical that there's a there's a strong hesitation to do anything without a lot of testing and experimentation and. Um, uh, inertia <laughs> yeah. really yeah makes sense using Microsoft 365 for your business productivity tools certainly has many advantages easy user friendly accessibility from anywhere at any time simplified email access and reduced costs of business operations and management However, the migration and use of Microsoft 365 isn't without security risks. Barracuda Essentials provides the industry's most comprehensive security and data protection solution for Microsoft 365. With Barracuda, you can stop spam, viruses, prevent data loss, and turn employees into a line of defense against phishing attacks. For peace of mind, learn more about Barracuda Essentials for Microsoft 365 at vlcmtech.com. That's vlcmtech.com. The demand has never been greater for business owners and IT professionals to invest in intelligent security camera systems. At the intersection of physical security and cybersecurity, an increasing number of organizations struggle to take a proactive approach to surveillance. Verkata's all-in-one physical security platform makes this decision easy with features like plug-and-play installation, centralized management, secure remote access to cameras, and smart features and alerts. Smarter security starts with Verkata. Learn more at vlcmtech.com slash Verkata. That's vlcmtech.com slash V-E-R-K-A-D-A. Uh, what DNS security recommendations are there for enterprise users? Is it is it different for them, or just in general, what security recommendations do you have for an enterprise user? Well, um, the way the way we advise enterprise users to to use our service, or to use any service for that matter, is is actually to to get not go directly to us. <laughs> um, we would not suggest that as an enterprise, you configure all of your end workstations to directly communicate with Quad9. That's not the best model. Um, what we suggest is that you, you do take, you, you do undergo some of these complexity issues and that you take all of your end users and point them to a forwarding proxy or a forwarding cache at the edge of your network. Again, that means that you're going to have to implement some DNS software. If you don't already, many enterprises do implement some kind of DNS uh, resolver at the edge of their network, and some, but some don't. Um, but anyway, have all your users come to that device or that system, and then you apply your policy there. So as an example, Quad9 does not filter anything based on content. We only block malicious things, but we don't block uh, gambling sites, as an example, um, and we don't block on content. So your enterprise might want to block on content. Well, that's great. Do that then at the edge of your network in that forwarding resolver that you've got there. Apply your local policy. Um, that also gives you visibility. Maybe you want to know who's like if somebody trips over a malware site uh, and tries to go to something, you, you probably want to know about that. So by actually having your users go to your edge proxy, which is controlled by your network administrator, then go to quad nine, meaning forward all of your queries out to quad nine. You get the benefits of the protection of Quad9, but you still maintain the ability to apply policy, to have visibility, uh, and also there's a performance improvement as well by having locally cached answers there right on the server at the edge of your network. 
Um, so there's a whole bunch of advantages to that. So, you know, enterprises should look at how they implement a secure DNS solution. There are many, many free software packages out there. In fact, I would almost argue that the, the bulk of DNS is is delivered by uh, open source software today. Um, so there are a variety of open source platforms that you can implement relatively quickly and cheaply at the edge of your network that give you those advantages. Um, we don't want to see all of your queries as well. Um, so that also adds an additional layer of obfuscation. Um, so uh, th there's a whole bunch of reasons that an enterprise would want to do it th in that model. And that's what we'd suggest people do. Yeah. Are there any upcoming changes to watch for in the DNS, either with security or with protocol in general? Uh, yes, there, there definitely are. Um, so encryption itself is one to watch for. Um, and that, that does present a challenge to enterprise users. If you have your internal users inside your organization communicating directly with quad nine, as an example, where they've typed in 9.9.9.9 on their, on their computer, or you've given it to them as part of DHCP, um, you can't apply a policy there. So you have to trust that whatever the user is doing, both the DNS request and then the request to the websites, that there's, that that is a trusted transaction. Um, so DNS encryption is a double-edged sword. Um, you get the privacy that you probably want um, and the integrity of your responses. But as a network administrator, it becomes very difficult or impossible for you to actually apply policy to your end devices if they are communicating with a third-party resolver. That's why we suggest people put that cache at the edge of their network. Don't have your users go all the way out. Um, the, the, the larger scale issues here are that um, malware may start to actually use DNS servers um, without asking you. <laughs> um, in other words, if malware is going to be setting up an encrypted connection to a public resolver and using that to communicate, then you lose that visibility into the transactions entirely. Um, so there, it's a double-edged sword, and we, we recognize that. Um, so it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting world in the next few years as network administrators try to regain some control of how their end users communicate and, and use the network. Um, the, the opposite side of that coin is that there is certainly the, the requirement for end users to have the privacy and integrity that they want if they so choose by communicating to a public resolver on the outside of the network that is encrypted, but that the network, the local network administrator doesn't have control over. So it's a, it's a it's an arms race uh, in some fashions um, between those two competing um, ideologies. Um, we are trying to be cooperative in both cases, um, meaning that we're we're not tr we're trying to cooperate with network providers, and that we welcome these uh, edge network caches as an example to connect to us, uh, and we try to decrease the. Um, the exposure threshold, I guess, would be the best way to put it, by minimizing the number of IP addresses that we use. So if a network administrator wants to filter based on IP addresses to public resolvers, we we won't try to fight them on that. Um, we think the network administrator does actually have the ability to control their network. Um, so it's, again, it's a, it's a balance between those individual uh, interests, which are indistinguishable from malware interests in some cases, um, versus the network administrator interests, which in some cases are indistinguishable from censorship. Um, so we, we have a, we have a, a balance to work. Yeah. A tricky one to try to strike, but uh, an important one. Uh, 
I appreciate all the information today. Uh, I want to give you the last word as we wrap up. Everyone who's uh, listened to uh, this interview and, and picked up some great information, what's the one takeaway you would want uh, the audience uh, to to take with them from our discussion? Sure. Um, I think the one takeaway is that, um, and, and, it's, and it's specific to Quad9, um, we offer our services at, for free. Um, and the value you get, uh, the blocking capabilities are are quite impressive. You can go out and do some searches yourself on how we stack up to other solutions. Um, at the value, again, at an, at no cost, there is no reason not to implement a DNS security solution. There, there really isn't. Um, it, it's a part of a layered structure. Put it in place in your network. Try it out. It doesn't cost you anything. You'll see the benefits. So yeah. give it a shot. Excellent. And if they want to go find more information, where do they find Quad9? Uh, www.quad9.net. That's Q-U-A-D and the number nine. .net. Okay. Uh, John Todd from Quad9, thanks so much for sharing your, well, the tip of the iceberg of your uh, <laughs> your information and your knowledge on DNS security. But uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks for being with us on uh, Cyber24. Thanks again for having me. That'll do it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secuvant. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. We want to hear from you in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week, and stay safe online.